lunch at Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the cream medals of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm of course always joined by my colleague Cal, but oh no, what's this? <laughs> A challenger has been approached. Please welcome, uh, I guess my guest, my special comrade and colleague here. Um, Sash Steele. Sash, how the hell are you? Hi Tyler, I'm good thank you, how are you? I'm very good. Now, um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Sash is a good friend of mine and that, and a very, very avid Simpsons fan. Which, surprisingly enough, I've only questioned and heard about the, like, the past few months ago. Why was this never brought up that we're both really die-hard Simpsons fans? I know, it's amazing. I think it was just so, sort of... It was one of those facts that was just like, oh, I'm a fan of The Simpsons, and I also breathe air. Like, you know, I never sort of <laughs> thought to mention it, because it was just such an obvious thing for me, but it's definitely a dialogue we should have had sooner. But hey, here we are, better late than never, I guess. It was a real stepbrothers moment. Did we just become best friends? Yeah! <laughs> exactly. And the episode we're reviewing today is, we're now going back to season four, episode 16, with Duffless, directed by Jim Reardon, written by David Stern, with the original air date being February the 18th, 1993. And the couch gag is Maggie is seated at the rest of the family, overshoot the mark, run, running past the edge of the film, and returning to the couch. Now, Sasha, I guess um, for people who don't know, I guess people would want to know, um, how did you yourself get into The Simpsons? Because I know you're a similar age to me, so I'd want to guess it's through either BBC Two or Channel Four, one of those avenues. I remember it most on Channel 4, yeah, sort of classic after-school viewing. It kind of has been in the sort of public consciousness for as long as I could remember, really, so I just sort of grew up with it, you know, it was kind of that thing that was always on, and it was a cartoon, and they were yellow, and it was funny, so my parents just put the kids in front of it, and it was fine. And, you know, sort of looking back now, um, I guess there's quite a lot of adult humour that went over their heads at the time. But, yeah, it was just sort of always there, and... I was always a big fan, so... All right, so you can't remember when it was on BBC Two, say, back in 2000? Uh, maybe, yes, but, you know, I don't... I don't know, like, I don't have the exact sort of clear memory of that. It's mostly in my head as a Channel 4 thing, but, like, I'm sure it wasn't, you know. There. And a All Sky right, thing as well, actually. I've discussed this with Cal and a couple of my other mates. A lot of people also remember it from Channel 4 and... Channel 4 had a big campaign about it's coming and it was I think 03 or 04 when they got that but I remember back in 2000 I believe the routine was um, Weakest Link, Simpsons, Robot Wars, Fresh Prince. Oh that and does then, ring the bell actually ah, after the yeah. Weakest Link there a, we go yeah yeah, yeah it's I've just I've seen a couple of memes of that. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 no I'm with you I'm with you. Mm. And then there'd be a bastard and stick Wimbledon on and you wouldn't have any of that. Yeah, oh, I can't, watch this. I can't watch my Simpsons omnibus and put this tennis thing on, what is this, you know, when I was like eight years old and didn't understand what Wimbledon was. Yeah, I don't give a shit about Tim Henman, come on. <laughs> She's awful. Exactly. Mm. Alright, uh, any initial memories of this episode then? Because it's season four, it's um, really in the strength of The Simpsons, you know, it's one of the strong seasons. Um, not particularly this episode, though I, when I watched it again, I felt quite nostalgic and I remembered bits and then like, you know, 
I'd sort of remember something and be like, oh, that's coming up. Oh, yeah, that's in this episode and stuff. But I do distinctly sort of remember this era of the art style obviously being a little bit less polished than it is these days. Uh, It looks kind of similar to the um, art style on the Simpsons Sing the Blues CD cover, which I played religiously back Uh, in the day. The very sort of season one, season two look to it. Yeah, Yeah, that's same kind of old sort of style. So, yeah, I like the aesthetic of this episode. I enjoyed watching it. Well, it opens up with um, Homer wanting to go to the Duff Brewery, trying to skive off work again, as he typically does. Again, um, one of the ongoing running jokes between Homer and his brain here. I can never think of a real bad Homer and his brain uh, sort of dialogue ever. This is one of my favourite running jokes in the whole series, actually. I was going to mention this. It's just like, it's just so funny every time. Every time it happens, I'm like, oh, it's home in his brain again, having a bit of banter. Love it. That's the thing. It's never in a positive way. It always seems to be like his brain even catches him out, even though it's his own cognitive thought. <laughs> and so yeah, His brain is smarter than him. But you get that nice little sort of callback later on when Lisa has her own sort of daydreamy not quite in the same vein but she has her own sort of daydream and her brain runs away with her and it just kind of is a nice way to show that actually yeah these are Homer's kids you know they're just as goofy as him in ways which is quite nice yeah it's all in the genes mm-hmm, exactly Homer ends up going to the Duff Brewery with Barney of course who else and um yeah I'd probably say out of this whole episode this is maybe my favorite segment just the yeah. whole br- uh, tour around the Duff Brewery. What does the future hold for Duff? <laughs> Let's just say we've got a few ideas up our sleeve. Like what? Um, I'd rather not get into it right now. Why not? All right. We don't have any ideas for the future. We got nothing. Happy? No. It's just so sort of run-of-the-mill beer tour, but obviously Homer's just the most excited like person in the world about it, which is great. And also, I really like the gummy, uh, well, the gummy beers. It's just such a silly little pun, but it's great. I didn't even think of that as a pun. Oh, of course it is. Bears. Beers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I've only just got that. See? Oh, it's got a pun from a mile off me. But yeah, um, like you say, it's all very um, corporate. I was actually, well, not myself, but me and my family went to um, Florida many, many years ago and they went on the Anheuser sort of bush tour around uh, bush gardens and yeah. it is free to drink and everything. And apart from obviously like gummy be- uh, beers, of course, but like they've had everything. They had like, you know, diet free bush. They had bush light, bush extra dark, you name it. And my dad had a way all the time. Yeah. My mom not so much because she's like obviously more of a wine drinker, but my dad was just getting his value out of the entry ticket. It's very stereotypically a sort of man of that era, of that kind of age and demographic sort of place, isn't it? You know, not oh, to generalise too much, but but it's just all sorts of great, especially the um, the tour hand as well, and the fact he has to come clean with saying, you know, uh, Batch has been laced with strychnine, and no one really cares. Welcome to the Duff Brewery. Now I'm sure all of you have heard the rumors that a batch of Duff was contaminated with strychnine. That's news to me. Are you sure? Well, everyone's talking about it. It was even on CNN last night. CNN? Oh, no. I didn't see CNN. Well, it's not true. Let's go. Even though it was on CNN last night. CNN? Oh, also, I will say for, um, I will say also, Barney, he's probably my MVP for this episode. 
I think it's just the noises he makes. Because when he mentions like CNN, he's very much like CNN. Oh, whoa! <laughs> it's yeah. just these little odd belching noises and little odd hiccups here and there. Classic it's just fantastic Barney. from him. Classic Barney Gumble, really. Mm. Yeah. Who would you say is your MVP for this episode, Sash? Um, I don't know, actually. I think a shout-out to the little hamster that is obviously such a big oh, catalyst for is. so much as plot because it's really damn cute. Did it get a name? I can't remember. It's a very cute little I hamster. I think it is though. just hamster. Just, I've checked yeah. on the Simpsons wick as far as I'm aware. It's just the hamster. You know, Always Tess hamster. No, J.D. McGregor. Oh, really? Oh, Because it writes Because it writes mysteries. Oh, I remember now, of yes. course. So yeah, there's my um, MVP. Also, Selma for that scene where she stuffs her whole head in a supporter. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Oh yeah, yeah. When he's trying to keep sober and yeah, this yeah. is the Lady Remington. Where oh wow, yeah, that is right. such a. Well, I suppose we can start a bit of um, sort we'll of analysing, analysing sketches now. How do you make such that sort of squish, sort of puerile look for a face then? But how do you encase a face onto like a surface? How do you sort of sketch that out, Sash? Um, I guess it's about the exaggeration of everything. You know, in um, animation, they have those kind of junk frames where everything's sort of wildly out of proportion. It's kind of similar to that, I guess. Just sort of, I don't know, take the... I mean, you, I guess if you really wanted a reference photo, you could totally do it yourself. Just, you know, smush your face against a frame and sort of get someone to take a picture from the outside. And there you go. Everything just sort of goes all squidgy and weird. And because the symptoms are already a bit all squidgy and weird, it just turns into this weird monstrosity that is Salma's face stuffed into a plastic jar, basically. But yeah, I think that's one of the nicest, uh, the best sort of, visually comedic moments of the of the whole episode really it's just like yeah this is ridiculous but hey yeah and whilst um barney and homer are living up at the duff brewery tour lisa's um well that was it her initial plan for the science fair project was this very large tomato hoping to um wipe out world hunger simpsons protected gmo foods who would have thought Oh well, you know they've done it. They've done it all. So Bart realizes he can have a little prank with her large tomato with um, Skinner. Over, under, in, and out. That's what chew time's all about. <laughs> you know the instant that scene is about to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen. Like oh yeah, well it's the slow build up. It's that it's very um, Kubrick esque because it's very slow. The very sort of ominous music. Yeah, and then the sort of blood metaphor as well. Um, I feel like we're just going to keep talking about sort of sketches, but how do you draw? How do you draw Skinner that thick with two C's? Because um, Skinner's got back there. He really does. I feel like the animators really kind of went with a bit of poetic license there. To be honest, they sort of were like, let's let's show him in the best light we possibly can. Let's be a little bit generous with the pencils, as it were. But yeah, he's looking thick in that frame, as as you say. And I can't believe I was, I've said those words about this particular fictional character. So I'll be going scrubbing out my brain with bleach at the end of this episode. But hey, here we are. Yeah, I'm glad Tumble got rid of all that porn search. So I don't want to know how many sort of Skinner gifts there are now. Oh, just no. from that. Too many. Too many. Terrible. I can tell you that much. <laughs> but yeah, Bart implodes a tomato all over Skinner. You can see him trembling like it's a horrible Vietnam flashback as well. Another nice little detail there. Yeah. 
her science fair project's now ruined and it's in three days, so what she's going to do? Well, Marge actually comes up with a cracking idea. Why don't you test on a little hamster or a little rat? And she thinks so, and to get vengeful at Bart and to, you know, have punishment on him, she decides, is my brother dumber than a hamster? Again, um, I, th I find it a very complete episode because this whole trial of events, this uh, hamster versus um, human uh, debacle, there's a lot of fun scenes here. And did you notice sort of the big main reference throughout? The big film reference? Uh, I'm not super up on my films, so no, but go on. I might... I know there's a clockwork. I think there's a clockwork orange reference in there. There's like one frame where Bart reaches up to like grab some cupcakes or something. So that's they, exactly that, the one. Is yes. that the one? Oh, there we go. See, so yes. yeah, I got it. Like only because yes. I am actually quite a big fan of that film, but like usually I'm really not on my game at all. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. After Alex has gone through the whole watching sort of dogs of war footage and horribleness and that, and he tries to get tempted with that uh, naked woman. And he's about to fondle the breasts and it just collapses on the floor, much like Bart did here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lovely shot for shot remake there. Yeah, they're pretty clever with their references. It's always kind of nice, especially they've got a lot of rewatch value these episodes because you can just go back, like, you know, years later after you finally watch that movie or whatever, and it's like, oh, that's what that is. That looks familiar. So, yeah, it's quite neat. I like those shouts. Oh, uh, while we move away from the Duffery, I'll just mention one last bit. When they uh, go to drive home, I forgot Homer gets um he gets really Tony Soprano here. Barney, give me your keys. You're too drunk to drive. I'm fine. Okay. You leave me no option. <coughs> Ow! What was that for? I'm trying to knock you out. Ow! Cut it out! Ow! 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 Alright, here, take the keys. With the little, like are you friend, talking about the little musical number at the end? I mean, when um, he's about to leave the car park and he's saying, Barney, give me the keys, you're too drunk to drive. And he oh, starts yeah. wailing on him, introduces a crowbar, everything, starts um, sticking his head in the door and slamming it shut. And Barney's just completely unfazed by this, wow. which is hilarious. That's wow. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Take the keys or whatever. But that's so funny because it's just... Yep, sure, crowbar, nothing, you know, so on and so Again, forth. this is HBO violence, but it's, I think if Barney wasn't making that noise, it'd be a lot more brutal. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, the symptoms have always extolled the virtues of cartoon violence, and they're mm. pretty pro it by now, so... Yeah. Homer, unfortunately, gets caught... Um, well, in fact, he nearly gets away from it with the oldest of old-school drink-driving tests, yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, D, and hopping as well. Yeah, he does a pretty good job, to be honest. Well, he's flawless, according to Eddie. But he would have also accepted, tell me what you think of me. He would have got <laughs> away with it, but Barney, what a snitch. He just says, give him the breathalyzer, and they just take, and that's it. 30 day suspension, horrible. Which just goes to show citizens of Springfield are assholes a lot of the time. But yeah, classic. Um, Simpson stupidity, I guess. Well, that's the ongoing thing, isn't it? It's the mob mentality of Springfield. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to be easily swayed by science or fact. It's just what they know. Yeah. So Homer has to be sober for 30 days through a licensed court. And this is where we start. Um, again, the many more litmus jokes, as well as the little B story of, is my brother dumber than a hamster here? And I think they put off well with each other, if I'm honest. Because whenever Bart 
doesn't succeed in getting a cupcake, you see Homer dipping the beer down or him going to work whilst Bart's trying to, you know, find Lisa's hamster. I think they're really melded in the story as well here. Yeah, they do. They're quite nice uh, contrasts. Like you say, the ups and downs um, sort of match together quite well. Yeah, Homer's having to pour away all his beer there. And this was another little reference. I didn't know this was a reference to Frank Sinatra. I thought it was just, again, when you watch it, very young, you just think it's an original Simpsons song with a nice little mention to Queen here. Yeah, I know. Every day's a school day. I didn't know that either. But um, I do like that flashback with his uh, fake, his obvi- very obviously fake ID. What's his name again? Brian McGee or something? Brian McGee. Yeah, with <laughs> yeah. Long hair. yeah. Well, I suppose since it's the main subject of this episode, what's your views on alcohol in general, Sash? Do we now, obviously, in the UK, I don't know whoever's listening to this, but in the UK, we do have this sort of binge drinking culture. It's a lot more easily accessible. It's more open than the US is as far as, like, younger people drinking. But what are your thoughts on booze? How do you approach booze yourself day-to-day life? Well, I was thinking about this because kind of when I sat down to watch this, I know you sent me the little clip of the Richard Nixon thing and... I couldn't remember anything about the episode until I started watching. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm expecting just a light-hearted Simpsons one. And kind of by the time I got to the end, I was like, that was actually pretty dark in a lot of ways. You know, it ends on quite an optimistic note. But then you think about the status quo that is, you know, enforced by The Simpsons being a comedy sitcom in a world that never changes. He's going to be back on the bottle again within an episode and it's going to be funny or, you know, annoying for Marge or whatever. So it was kind of just like, oh, you know... Actually, this is kind of a little bit sad if you think about it too much. So from that perspective, I was like, oh, I was not expecting this uh, turn that my analysis has taken. But I, um, yeah, I think if this kind of was tried to, I, I think if this was written today, it would probably be come under more scrutiny, I guess. You know, sort of, oh, we're kind of making a joke out of alcoholism or whatever. But it's a product of its time, I guess. Um, I don't really drink so much anymore, so... Not any big relate, uh, relatable feels when Homer's pouring his, like, you know, drunk down the sink or whatever. Uh, yeah, just kind of like, oh, surprisingly, surprisingly deep reflections on um, the merits of sobriety from the Simpsons crew. Or he's either hiding it round the house as well and pretending he's a macho man. Yeah, like super... Again- Jim Ridd and doing lovely little flourishes here throughout with these animations of the hamster getting shocked. Homer as this muscular version of himself, yeah. dancing the can can with his pecs. It's great. Yeah, there's some ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous stuff. Um, yeah, and then obviously we see the effect that excessive drinking has on Hans Molman at the tender age of thirty-one. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he was. Um, again, it's just these little key characters and these little flourishes in this episode. There's quite a lot of memorable lines in here. Homer's having to go to these um, AA Alcanon meetings and that with Reverend Lovejoy. He gets more and more judgmental, even though Homer starts progressing, you know. I mean, the very last interaction they have is him saying, you know, there's no shame here and that. Well, I ate the grass under the bleachers to, you know, have more alcoholic intake. And I cast thee out. It's horrible. (laughs) That's a pretty low blow. That's a pretty low way to sink for Homer, to be fair. But also, yeah, t- just uh, took a typical case of 
um, the Simpsons cast just being arseholes because, you know, that's what the script dictates and that's what makes it funny. Just going to say he's the ultimate hypocritical, you know, priest, but also highly sort of cynical, judgmental kind of guy, isn't he? So, but yeah, man, Homer eating the dirt under the bleachers to soak up the taste of alcohol is really not a good look, buddy. In the meantime, um, Bart has managed to find his sister's secret project. You know, despite all of his own stupidity, he's able to, able to find um, when people are laughing at him, when people are sort of conniving behind his back and that. Um, and again, nice little flourishes here from Jim Reardon. Um, Lisa's in a very um, Bond villain sort of get up. Well, not even get up, but in a Bond villain position with the little hamster. Oh, is this the, uh, I've discovered your project, but you must discover a series of traps. Found it. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Moment. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so funny. I like the whole back and forth between Bart and Lisa this episode. Like, it starts out with her winding him up and then, you know, him doing something and she gets back at him. And it's just classic sibling rivalry, really. Uh, mm. Yeah, I kind of... Now, you have siblings yourself, Sash. Um, did you ever get into any sort of big uh, dramatic rivalries like Bart and Lisa did or was it very uh, civil? Well, when I was growing up, it was... Uh, until my last two sisters came along. It was me, my mum, my dad, my older brother and my baby sister. So, you know, we were the sort of Simpsons family and I was basically Lisa's girl and I related to Lisa a lot as well, so it works out pretty well. So she's kind of was one of my cartoon role models growing up, I guess. Um, So you you were a middle child? Yeah, yeah, for a time. So So you were a middle child, you said? I was was a middle child for... uh, And then there was for about six years until my uh, fourth sister, third, second sister was born. Uh, yeah, what are maths? Um, yeah, so I, I was. So I definitely relate to a lot of Lisa's woes and that frustration of just like, you know, a uh, boisterous brother kind of stepping in and doing the stupid thing because whatever, without much thought. It's a bit like, yeah. So I kind of uh, am always rooting for her. So I was a little bit annoyed when she kind of got um, got her, I wouldn't say comeuppance, but that's not the word I'm going for. She kind of got caught out at the end, I guess. She got what was coming to her, eventually. <laughs> Who are you going for then in this episode? Are you on Bart's side? Oh, um, it's, cause it's sort of manipulating him, but then again, he's always the sort of aggravator between the two of them, so I'd probably say it's just... Oh, Lisa does get quite a raw end. She like, does. she doesn't actually win, and Bart has usurped her yet again. In, and I've only just realised this as well, watching it back. He's wearing the exact same outfit as um, the Lyle Langley, the snake oil salesman from Marge vs. the Monorail. Oh, really? The same sort of barber. Yeah, literally the same red barbershoppy looking thing, straw hat. Oh, man, that's some. Um, is that before or after this episode? <sighs> You know what? I don't know. I will find out, and I will let people know. But um, if it if it is before, then that is some great lead up into the next, into you know, po- arguably the best episode of season four. Oh man, that's some love great that um, foreshadowing. Yeah, absolutely. Love that Manuel musical number. One of my favourites in the whole series. But yeah, it does get to the science fair projects and that, and you've got right a good few there. You've got Nelson with um, very worrying BB gun type science you've got um you've got martin with his uh around the world phileas fog kind of project 
Oh, my favourite though is just the, and it's quite sad because I've seen this a lot growing up, right? It's just the overly worked dad and the son. Oh, can I stand next to it? No, don't screw it up. I've worked all night for this, but it's got my name on it. Just stand over there. Over no. there. <laughs> no, poor kid. I've yeah. seen that too many times. It's too sad. Absolutely. But Bart wins it with can hamsters fly planes? And it's not any real sort of science to it, but I will say it is very cute. I'll uh, let you go on this then, Sash. However, though, it does prove that Lisa's experiment is correct because if a hamster can fly a plane, then it's quick. Uh, it's smarter than Bart. Oh, you, you, wow, yeah. Didn't even think that far ahead. So Lisa is validated. Okay, this is, is some sort of a happy ending for her. You're absolutely right. Yep, she just, you know, doesn't get, doesn't get the recognition, but hopefully she feels a little bit vindicated that, you know, she has seen her experiment no. through to the end. Now, how would you go about yourself um, drawing a hamster? Would you borrow influence from this little, I don't know what you call it, a purple mess of a thing with its little black eyes? Or would you try and sort of soften it more and make it a more typical hamster colour? I'm definitely a bit more, I don't know, actually. My art style is pretty cutesy. So I'd probably go for the more exaggerated cuteness. Definitely the big sort of beady eyes is kind of my sort of go-to style for making things cute. Um, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more floofy, you know. I uh, maybe a little, maybe a little bit more Disney animation than Simpsons, if you get me. Ah, I get you. Yes, very nice. We're now finished with the part B. We're now finished with the B story. So we're now dealing with Homer, dealing with his sobering and trying to get rid of his own alcoholism here. And they have um, a little scene with the, at the baseball park and him dealing with the horrible. Um, sexist advertisement of uh, 90s America and that. I was reading the signs for these and one of them was just like, I'm easy and get me drunk. Yeah. I saw that. I was a bit like, Very, hmm. Mm. Definitely I know there's not a lot of articles well, and stuff it? that's problematic, but obviously it's play for jokes and the fact that it is problematic. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, self-aware and it's drawing attention to that, but it's still a little bit like, hmm, yeah. hmm. I will say it's um, very... I had a lot of friends that believed the hype of um, those old WKD adverts and those old Lynx adverts, and I'm just thinking, you have never kissed a girl. Come oh, on yeah, now. No. <laughs> a generation that's been lied to and deceived. All that Lynx Africa that my aunt got me at Christmas, it doesn't work. <laughs> yep. Awful. Howdy, this is just a reminder that if you're enjoying the content so far, loving our podcast, loving the episode, go over to facebook.com and search for Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, a British podcast, and give us a like there. We'll update you on all of our exclusive content and posts as well. Also, if you're in the mood for a bit more Simpsons and more Simpsons podcasts, go over and check out the 411 folks on Facebook and SoundCloud as well. They do lots of great impressions, great analysis of the episodes, and it's generally a good time. Now back with your regularly scheduled listening. Homer gradually scratching and clawing his way, he makes it to day 30, even with all sorts of temptation and, you know, drama and worries. He does make it to day 30 painstakingly. He wants to send the kids to the neighbours because he's coming back loaded. But Marge is giving him all these benefits saying, you don't sweat as much, you look healthy in that. Look at all this money you've saved here. But, you know, Homer... He has to get that, he has to get that uh, nectar right down him. So he races to Mosin. 
that is another great little thing I've uh, seen throughout this episode. The constant use of Lisa's bike that Homer has to use. Yeah, I know. That's a nice little uh, nod to, obviously, the fact that he's not driving at the moment. Again, the great deceiving scene of, oh, have a nice day at work, Homer. And, you know, Homer's perfectly framed in the car and it pulls away and it's this grotesque man on a little bike. <laughs> and the fact he's just, uh, uh, he's panting as he gets to Moe's. Yeah. Like, I do, um... Commitment I do to the little... sesh, though. <laughs> he's, he's an absolute sesh lord. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's it. <laughs> Payday Friday, that's it. Homer begins to um, look at his pint there. Moe's sort of disgusted to have him back because he's holier than thou. And, you know, the barflies have got the same reaction to everything. Uh, 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 no, give me a beer, Mo. Everybody, Homer's back. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Again, it's just the horrible realities of drinking, isn't it? Again, like I've said before, I've seen Spoon's Day drinkers and you don't want to become one of them, just a sad bunch of old men just at the edge of the bar there. Yeah, it's like I say, it's quite miserable, really, isn't it? You know, I was here for light-hearted, whimsical Simpsons shenanigans and instead I get a scathing commentary on the gritty reality of alcoholism. I mean, come on, Fox or whoever produced this one. Like, what are you doing? But Homer yeah. realises it's best to keep on keeping on so he leaves his pint on hold there and goes to join Marge. And again, this is a really sweet little ending as much as counteractive as it's going to be with the nature of a sitcom, everything gets reset. But this end but this end is very sweet and heartwarming. And again, another little film buff reference here. They finish on the um Butch Dance uh Butch Cassie and the Sundance Kid song, Raindrops. It's very beautiful. Raindrops keep falling on my head. But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Because I'm free, nothing's worrying me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really cute scene, actually. And, you know, Marge and Homer are one of the most iconic um, couples of our time I guess so it's nice to see that cute little romantic moment that um, I don't know I've not really been keeping up the later seasons but I think does tend to get a bit lost in all the ridiculousness uh, a lot of the time but yeah it's a genuinely quite a heartwarming moment and a nice end to the series and like if the Simpsons wasn't so sticking to the status quo that could be the whole start of Homer's sobriety arc and all the rest of it but like I say due to you know Everything's oh, staying basically it's the same, and it's just back to normal next week, but whatever. Still cute. And that's where the episode ends. So, uh, Sash, like I do with my regular host, Cal, I'll ask you to rank this in any sort of way here. I typically go for out of five, but however you want to do it, how do you rank and rate this episode? Um, Purely cars. It's got some good, solid, strong jokes and some nice references, and it's from um, a nice era of animation. Um, but it's probably not my favourite. It's not laugh out loud all the way through kind of uh, kind of thing. So I'd probably give it a solid like you know, I'll give it a like bang in the mid. Well, hang on, bang in the middle, three point five out of 
3.5 out of 7. Would watch again. For myself, um, ooh, it's very strong. There's, I don't know, some general bits as well, but probably for these um, performances from Barney Wiggum as well, I will say, very oh, enjoyable in this. Yeah, um, yeah, great scene. Probably say for Wiggum and Barney and a nice little blending of um, the A and the B story here, I'm going to go for four out of five gummy beers myself. <laughs> nice, good stuff. All right, and that is going to do it today, folks. Remember, um, if you do see us on Facebook, it's Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, a British Simpsons podcast. If you want to give that a like as well and check us out on SoundCloud as well. Again, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback here. Now, um, Sash, please um, plug away. If you want to do your Twitter or whatever or your own business, um, please go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, so my Twitter is HeySash. That's H-E-Y-S-A-S-H. Um, you can also find me collaborating with Zachary Cox at Soul Muppet Publishing, which just comes up when you Google it. So, yeah, those are my two things that are probably worthy of note. I will say, Sash is no jokes, folk. Um, if you wanted to have commissioned art or whatever to bring her on your project, please do. I did a horribly selfish piece here for a late birthday present, and um, she knows what she's doing. She's able to get my fine angles. She can really bring out the personality of your own individual into a digital platform. It's fantastic. Hey folks, completely forgot that I uh, had to do the old random episode generation for the next uh, episode, so let's give that a little whirl now. Okay, and we're jumping way, way back to Season 1 with Homer's Odyssey. Alright, and uh, we will see you next time. Take care, folks. Bye. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.